The episode of I Think Therefore I Fan you're about to listen to discusses the following works, His Dark Materials, Paradise Lost, The Good Place, Ozark, Better Things, and Westworld. You've been warned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Think Therefore I Fan, a pop culture and philosophy podcast. On this podcast, we'll explore the most compelling philosophical themes as we find them in all of everyone's favorite fandoms. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Richard Green. And I'm Dr. Rachel Robison Green. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Alright, so today um, we're talking about... We're talking about His Dark Materials. Right, the great Philip Pullman trilogy. Um, And the reason we're talking about this is we've got a new collection of essays coming out. Um, Can't say when for sure. It's in the hands of the publisher probably sometime early fall, maybe late summer, um, thereabouts. And some of you might remember that... um, Many years ago, we did a collection on the Golden Compass, right? So this is with Open Court Publishing, the Golden Compass and Philosophy. And um, HBO came out with this um, new version of His Dark Materials, the old Golden Compass movie. Um, Didn't do very well. And this is a a wonderful uh, BBC-produced product. It's got Lin-Manuel Miranda and a bunch of other great people. And so um, we saw that that was coming on, and um, it looked very good, and it was. So the first season has essentially covered the first book in the trilogy, um, but we've um, gone ahead and done the entire book because that's how we roll. <laughs> so a um, number of um, interesting philosophical issues come up in his I dark mean, materials. I think this is the, his dark materials is just a heavily philosophical series. Uh, it's not, you know, sometimes with these things, um, you use pop culture to illustrate points uh, in philosophy where you're not sure whether the creators really had those points in mind, but, oh, it makes for a useful example or something like that. With His Dark Materials, it is explicitly and intentionally philosophical throughout. Right, And, so, right. and there are so many themes. I mean, it's a, it's a big book series in terms of length of the books, right? Right, the trilogy and then the, the prequels and the later books. and But the, book, the trilogy stuff. itself is long. Yeah, um, yeah. And so uh, I, I would highly recommend it just to read for yourself, but also if you're looking, if you like Harry Potter and you're looking for something to read to your kids or with your kids, mm-hmm. um and you haven't given this a shot, give the His Dark Materials trilogy a shot. Um, I mean, it's, it's it expresses some subversive ideas, but I think for most of our listeners, that's a good thing. <laughs> right. Or, similarly, if, if you were a big fan of Milton's Paradise Lost, but mm-hmm. um, didn't love the ending, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, a, a lot of it's sort of, um, in some ways, not exactly derivative, but um, alludes to many of the events. In Paradise Lost, right? It's a, it's a different take. 
I wasn't trying to suggest that, oh, if you liked Harry Potter, you'll love... Uh, but, I, you know, people who are committed to reading long book series with their kids, uh, this is yeah. one to read because right. it's really good. And, and has many of the same charms, I think, that mm -hmm. Harry Potter has. Mm -hmm. right? Just wonderful characters and, um, you know, interesting um, use of magics and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the enduring themes, some of the main driving themes of the series are, um, one the attainment of knowledge and the the spreading of truth mm -hmm. right so telling true stories is a big theme um by the end of the the series and also this idea that um eve shouldn't have eaten the apple right uh is it is a it, that seems like the in many ways, a lesson that people take from um, from the story of the Garden of Eden yeah. that oh, Eve disobeyed God, and and now human beings are being were cast out of the garden and are sort of being eternally punished for this transgression. I can't think of any contemporary examples of how humans are being punished, but <laughs> if I if I stretch myself, maybe. Um... Well, so Pullman's exploring the idea um, that seems pretty intuitive to me that. If what you're eating from is the tree of knowledge, you absolutely should eat that apple. Right, right. right. I mean, that, that, that the attainment of knowledge is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and dust, in, so dust is in the series is um, this substance that is actually conscious. They call it dark matter in the universe that seems the most parallel to ours. So it's, right, right. Well, that's what, you know, our understanding of dark matter is really toyed with in the, in yeah, the series. Yeah. But um uh, so, and, and dust is supposed to be this glorious thing, right? Um, uh, the, the magisterium, the, the, the organized religion essentially in the series, um, is not a fan of dust. Mm -hmm. They're hoping to eliminate it entirely to, um, so they, they, it, throughout the series, um, we see different kinds of beings, but the main type of being that, uh, gets explored in the series is a, a being that has a human part and a, what they call a demon part, mm -hmm. which is an animal. Mm -hmm. right? and, and that's supposed to be part of their soul. And so one of the main themes in the Golden Compass is that the magisterium is trying to sever. They're, they're kidnapping children and they're severing the connection between the child and the, the demon um, in an attempt to make sure that the children are never covered in dust. Mm -hmm. But essentially what this is by the end of the, the series is that they're trying to sever be, sever this relationship so that the child is never covered in knowledge. Right, right. right? So. Yeah, and then and it's described in these you know lofty euphemistic terms that you know they're keeping the children pure, they're keeping mm -hmm. the children innocent, right? They're uh -huh. they're keeping evil away from them, this kind of permanent evil. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but it is just that. Yeah, right? it's knowledge. Yeah. So, um, we're not to go all evil Faber on on our audience. Um, those of you that get the reference, pat yourself on the back. So in the movie Animal House, mm. the founder of Faber College is Emil Faber, and there's a big statue of him out front with the expression, knowledge is good, um, <laughs> yeah. at, at the bottom yeah. of it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, knowledge is good. Philip Pullman, Emil Faber. And you would think that that just goes without saying, but it really doesn't. And, and I, you know, uh, there are lots of clues right now that f for many, it really a lot of people don't think more knowledge is a good thing. Yeah, and to, the, to this point, the presentation of it reminds me of um, Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal, right? Because they sell this in such a way that it's a 
series of inferences where you're like, yeah, we, we do want the children to be innocent and we want mm -hmm. them to be pure. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then you're, you're um, not as the reader, but it, one of the characters under the um, influence of the magisterium are sort of expected to buy into that because mm -hmm. it all sounds mm -hmm. very good. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They make some kind of case for it. Yeah, there's there's often the suggestion that, that people ought to be more childlike. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know what features of, I mean, childhood's great. Kids are great. Mm -hmm. I don't know what features of children, adults should try to, maybe adults should try to be a little more Adult. like adults. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so the, the, the obvious thing that comes to mind when people say that, they're always referring to somebody who's either cynical or mm. jaded. Mm -hmm. um, but those aren't necessary features of adulthood. And, yeah. and, and they're not properties of children, right? They're, they're properties mm -hmm. that children lack. There's nothing childlike about not being jaded. Children just mm -hmm. tend to not have the property of being jaded, right? So when you think of actual properties that children have, you, you think like, yeah, they're not noisy or, um, <laughs> you know, they, they're not particularly good spellers until a certain age and, you know, they're shorter than us. I mean, those are, those are things you can point to. Maybe engaging the world with awe and wonder could be. Yeah. But not all kids do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's as common as people think, you know. <laughs> so we've, we've got in our family a um, uh, nine or ten month old at this point. And there that's true, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you see just um, every time our nephew um, sees something new, this expression comes over his face. And mm -hmm. so there's that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by seven or eight, the kids are all too cool for school. And <laughs> not like, oh, my gosh, there's a cat. You know, wow, that's fascinating. So, so um, to touch back on some of what we said before, um, there's a really interesting relationship going on between a being and their soul throughout the series. And it's odd. It gets portrayed in different ways depending on... At a certain point in the series, um, there are, it's discovered that there are countless other universes, countless parallel universes that all sort of are uh, stacked on top of one another. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you go into di the different worlds, there are different structures. And there are even different structures within... Lyra's own world of what a, a being is like and what their relation to their soul is like. Mm -hmm. So uh, Lyra's relation to her own soul, for example, um, her soul's name is Pan. And with kids, their, their demons, which are their souls, can change shape. But it's always a non-human animal, which is interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so and I don't I don't know exactly what if there's a if there's some sort of point being made with regard to the like uh, why it's an animal or if it's just mm -hmm. a creative uh, mechanism. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it, it you get the sense that it's sort of like a a witch's familiar or something in some sense too mm -hmm. that it or I don't know if you're allowed to use this expression anymore a spirit animal. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's supposed to be that the 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 demon in, um, in some sense represents the person. So, but they're a distinct entity having distinct thoughts. They can so it's it's weird to say there's there's several points throughout the novel where Lyra says uh, some something equivalent to Pan is me, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so like uh, there's a point at which Lyra and Will go into the land of the dead, and Pan's not allowed down there. Yeah. And then so she says to the, the boatman that's taken him down the river, but he is me. 
if 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 we're separated, we'll die because we're the same person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean. Yeah, and there's something sort of interesting with that where, you know, you sort of alluded to, um, you know, the, the way they interact. Mm -hmm. So there's one sort of important scene where Lord Asriel's um, um, demon, which is a, a snow leopard, um, tells him, turn around, <laughs> you know, informs him of something behind him, right? So yeah. there's this, this part of him that knows things that are going on externally, mm -hmm. Um, around him that he's not aware of. Um, right. But then you could maybe make some kind of, hey, you know, it's the subconscious. Right. A parallel there or yeah. Plato's tripartite soul. Right. Fulfilling different mm -hmm. functions. But the, the, the characters will have conversations with their souls. Yeah. Right. And so. And they're telling each other stuff that the other one didn't know. And, yeah. 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 I actually explore the tripartite parallel in, in the, my paper for the collection. Um, so then you've got the, the armored bears, mm -hmm. um, Bjorn, And when you, when you're introduced to Yorick Bernison, what you learn right away is that his soul is his armor. And Which that, has been stolen from him. Right. So he can exist without it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, uh, it's interesting because, uh, people, when they talk about their souls, they talk about their souls both as a possession and is something that is identical to them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in the real world, and that this super true in the His Dark Materials series, that like the, your soul is in some sense your essence, but mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, uh, it can exist distinctly from you. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And then there are the characters that that have um, had their their um, demons severed from them, mm -hmm. um, and the demon didn't survive that, but they managed to survive it. That happens seems to happen more often with adults than with children. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. the children. It's and this. There may be some examples that I'm um, misremembering, but she encounters uh, on her journey before she actually makes it to the place where the intercession is being done. She encounters a little boy who just seems really, really sickly and Tony, mm -hmm. and before you know it, he's dead. Um, but they. If I'm remembering correctly, they don't really explore any other cases where the children survive intercision. Yeah, but yeah. lots of adults survive intercision. Yeah, yeah, and it and it doesn't do any good to do the intercision on adults, right? So, um, mm. they've already got the consciousness and the knowledge. But maybe it does do some good because they're they're kind of weird adults. They're, yeah, well, they become a they they become zombies yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean they can converse in things, so, mm -hmm. um, but just kind of barely, right? All sort of perfunctory stuff, right? They, they have these jobs and they say, now go over there and mm -hmm. direct uh, people around. The book is described as like the, the people, the adults who have had, who've gone through intercision um, are not curious. They have no imagination, mm -hmm. right? So all those kind of key characteristics. When you think about the absence of those characteristics, you're kind of left with a zombie, right? Somebody who... Um, whose motivations are maybe purely mechanical, mm -hmm. um, doesn't have any real compelling interests in anything. Okay, so changing gears a little bit, you, you had some thoughts on some connections with Nietzsche. Yeah, um, so some of it has to do with the life affirmation tone that the series takes on. So, um, Lord Asriel is waging a war on God. 
which sounds like this big epic thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it sort of is. It has epic elements. There are all these, there are battles and there are all sorts of different creatures in the battles. It's sort of like a Lord of the Rings yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of thing. Um, but ultimately, the, the, what you might call the targets, uh, end up being beings that maybe aren't worth all the effort. So, um, so I, I want to just say as an aside, and one of the early papers that I wrote on this um, makes this point, as this was the main point of the paper. I don't, I, this, this book is a little controversial among Christians sometimes, but I don't really think that it should be mm-hmm. um, because the, the God in question doesn't resemble the Christian God in many ways at all. Yeah, right. You know, so, almost the exact opposite of all-powerful. Yeah. So, so what you get um, by the time, so you learn, um, I think during the subtle knife that, or maybe just the, the early first part of the Amber Spyglass, that um, God is who they call the authority has retreated and he's, he's, he's retreat has retreated quite some time ago. Um, and he's not really active anymore in, in the dealings of mortals. Um, and, but he's appointed a regent whose name is Megatron, which sounds like a transformer or something. Um, or a wide receiver for the, um, Detroit lions and Peter's back. (laughs) Um, and so he's kind of, uh, and, and Megatron's got some serious plans that, and, that involve um, significant manipulation of human events and things like that. Um, and so the Lord Azrael's after them both. And uh, the way that Megatron goes down is Lord Azrael and, and um, Mrs. Coulter tackle him off an abyss. Um, because in, in the His Dark Materials universe, oh, I should say Megatron's an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, angels are incorporeal and therefore weak they're they're wispy they're um, they're substanceless they die substanceless they die fairly mm-hmm. easily and so he's he's not all that powerful a foe at the end of the day um they lord Azrael and mrs coulter give up their lives to take him down but it's not that difficult to do and then even more significantly will and lyra just find the god figure of the book the authority in a glass case where he's basically being kept to avoid evaporating. Mm-hmm. And he's just as old and senile as you can possibly imagine a being to be. And pardon the pun, old as dust. <laughs> and when he when they let him out of the thing, he just he utters a sigh of just incomprehensible relief and disappears into the and you know in, into the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. Not like flying away, but disintegrating into nothingness. Um, and so, uh, so the, and there's some God is dead themes. Uh, and, 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 and I think more in the way that Nietzsche meant them, um, yeah, yeah. that, you know, uh, yeah, literally in this case, but also like, it's clear that that being isn't serving the function. He d- d- doesn't, that the concept doesn't have the strength that it once had. Uh, it's, you know, once you see what the authority actually is, it's it's nothing that should have any power over you, right? And so then um, you get this advice from Will's father that um, instead of trying to attain the kingdom of heaven, you need to create the kingdom of heaven where you are, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and this- that's very Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah. It's a very life-affirming message. I mean, Nietzsche, Nietzsche has, Nietzsche, Nietzsche has this, um, you know, the, the whole, 
uh, our listeners have heard us talk about this before, but the doctrine of eternal recurrence, mm-hmm. where he says, if you were going to live this life over and over again, if you were approached by a demon who told you you're going to live this life in every detail exactly the way you've lived it, would you would would you encounter that information with joy or with despair, right? And so I I think connecting these two themes like creating the kingdom of heaven where you are is about affirming your own life mm-hmm. and not waiting for some hereafter to to give substance or meaning to what you're doing. Right, right. And the name of the authority is is a nice sort of metaphor here because mm-hmm. exactly what you don't need is mm-hmm. some authority, right? Yeah. You, mm-hmm. Ubermensch, you do it yourself, um, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, good. Um, you had one other topic you wanted to raise. Yeah, uh, so... Um, you can see who's doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just gone through... Uh, the. I just read the whole series again. Just, just a couple of days ago, really, I finished. And so I've got a lot of eager thoughts about it and I just wrote a new paper on it so yeah, yeah. and I've done most of my work for the collection some months ago so yeah um so uh yeah I I, I thought the idea of the, you know viewers who have been watching The Good Place and have heard our episode on The Good Place will notice some similar themes here too um so you get Lyron will go down to the land of the dead and uh, they find all these all these dead people that are in misery. You know, this you've got a kingdom of heaven in the series, but it's not a place where the dead people are really going. Um, so instead, they're stuck in this kind of weird limbo where nothing ever happens. And, and anyway, um, and and some of them have been down there for quite some time. Um, and. What, one of the things that Lyra does is she, they say there's a prophecy about her that she's going to put an end to death. She's, she's going to kill death itself. Um, and she and Will do that by using the subtle knife to cut a hole through the land of the dead so that the, the dead can um, escape through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but escaping through it doesn't mean retaining your consciousness, like retaining your sense of self, Right. So when they when they go through the hole, they become dust. Yeah, and it's interesting because in in the series, dust is conscious, but I don't think you're supposed to think of dust as being like this is an individual person, right? Um, so I mean, really, the whole universe is 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 a panpsychist universe where the idea is uh, really it. it, it Pullman mentions this a number of times, and yeah, you're kind of left wondering about the implications. But. Well, I, I believe he actually is on record as being a panpsychist. Oh, wow. right? okay. Um, I wasn't aware of that. That and and so that everything is conscious ultimately, um, but dust is this special form, um, and people. Be, so uh, one thing that's interesting is that these. Um, and probably not a coincidence, by the way, that Lyra's demon is named Pan. Oh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. clear exactly what the, right. the connection yeah. is. Yeah, oh, but... that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, so uh, w- the, the, the people in the land of the dead are really, I mean, they're really elated about the idea of leaving the land of the dead um, and becoming one with the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, you wonder if it's rational to be happy about such a thing. Two lines you could take, right? Mm-hmm. One, when you could say, you know, that that's a, a good state of affairs 
you know, mm-hmm. intrinsically good, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, in and of itself to, to be this thing that's joined the universe. Um, the other lines suppose that it's not, mm-hmm. but the way that, you know, the underworld is described there, mm-hmm. it, it's a pretty miserable yeah. kind of thing. It, it's just, you know, so think of it as end of suffering, even yeah. if you believe that there's nothing after. That would provide two distinct reasons for being happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're not, they're not being tortured down there so that it's, you know. That's just bleak and awful and y- there's yeah. no, no joy. And... Yeah. You, right. Um, but, you know, it's, you, you've got some conscious stuff after the beings escape death. But that stuff isn't identical to, it's not the same person as the person who existed previously. So it wouldn't make sense, for example, um, um, for one of these people who's escaping to anticipate the experiences of the dust as their own experiences. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. A personal identity relation doesn't... Right, and, it, and it's not the kind of afterlife that even if there is something to it and there's something conscious, it's not like... Oh great! I'm gonna see Grandma again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna feel this way, or even have feelings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when you're conscious, you you experience things and you have feelings. It, it would be weird to say though, the consciousness has feelings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or that even that the consciousness has experiences. Yeah. So. So, tremendously philosophical series. Yeah, just to to mention the the book. Um, as it's coming out, there's a, a nice paper um, by Wayne Yuen on um, intercision and drawing some parallels between that and the morality of circumcision. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, a couple of really good papers that, that talk about some of the connections with Milton, um, Paradise Lost in particular, um, and a handful of other things. My, my chapters on the... Um, the badness of, of death and the badness of undeath, which is a, a topic that I write about, I, I don't know, every five years it, mm-hmm. it comes up again for me. The collection turned out to be one that, that I'm really excited about. Yeah, me too. Um, so I, I, I can't wait for it to see the um, the light of day. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, lots of stuff on truth and everything. Two chapters on truth and one on lying, right? Mm-hmm. Which has turned out to be a nice... Major themes of the series. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, so what are we liking this week? This is, this is tough, right? Um, we're um, not able to go to the movies. For those mm-hmm. of you that aren't listening to this um, around the time that it comes out, this is right in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. and we're sheltered away. So we're, we're sort of stuck with um, what we can find on the television. And... Which is significant. I mean, Which is significant. it's like never been a, a better time to be stuck at home. Uh, although there's been a lot of work stuff to do, so we haven't really been Yeah, we're pop putting all our courses online yeah. and all that. Um, they haven't had a, a whole ton of time for that anyway. But I, you know, I, I, a big part of my regular life is going to the movies a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I realized that first, first world problems... So I'm not mm-hmm. going to moan about it, um, but it, it sort of has um, changed what we view. That said, there are still some good stuff out there. So um, we're currently watching season three of Ozark, and we're six or seven episodes in. Mm-hmm. And um, again, too early to talk about the details of it. 
other than to say, um, you know, just amazing. As good as the first season, some people think there was some drop off in the second season. I didn't, if there was, I didn't think there was much. Um, but it, it's really hit its stride. Mm -hmm. um, this, this show's great. Um, and then um, better things, and I'm, I'm going to just use that same expression. Talk about a show hitting its stride, right? Mm -hmm. So Better Things is a show that, you know, is just about this person's life um, and her family and things that happen. And, you know, there's story arcs a little bit, but not it's not really the focus. Yeah. Um, in this season, they've hit this sort of level of mastery of that concept mm -hmm. where, you know, they're, they're not even focusing on events. There's just, it's little snippets and episodes, um, but it's not lacking anything. I mean, it, it, it strikes me as a kind of um, exalted way of, um, you know, making a television program mm -hmm. that, you know, that I don't think we've seen anything like it. And, yeah. um, you know, and it's, it's just incredible, incredible acting, incredible writing. Yeah. Um, everything about it, every moment is wonderful. So if, if you're not watching um, Better Things, I think it's on FX or some such. Um, try to try to get a hold of it. You're missing out. Yeah. Okay. Couple um, times, um, couple weeks ago when we did our last episode, um, during this segment we said we were sad that last week with John Oliver. Last week tonight. Um, last week tonight with John Oliver had left the air, mm -hmm. um, and then it made its way back. So when he signed off, he said, "Well, I don't know. We'll be back some point in some form." Mm -hmm. and, and then suddenly there it was again. Um, so Seems it was, like it's going to be a regular thing again. Yeah, yeah, because there have been a couple of, of episodes. Um, and um, it's weird to watch, right? It, it's not doing it in the studio. It's not mm -hmm. got the audience and all that. Um, so he, he tells the same jokes, but there's no one there laughing at him. And mm -hmm. They have the decency not to put in a laugh track. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of surreal. Um, but, but great, um, boy, Ever there was a time where we need that sort of commentary, yeah. yeah. His in particular, it's now. Um, and then we're we're watching season three of Westworld, um, and it's it's early enough in the season um, that I think it's safe to say that that the jury is still out. Um, I loved season one of Westworld. I didn't love season two. I'm willing to love season three. Um, I already don't love it, but I like it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna see what they do, but. Yeah. Um, I, the producers are just kind of up to their old tricks. It was novel once. There's, you know, there they, they should be more substance. Um, they, they really shouldn't have left the farm. Um, you know? Well, they should have kept it a show about consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in some ways it's becoming an action. Yeah. The pacing. Show. I, it, it really, they could have, I mean, they're dealing with a philosophical problem that, that people have been addressing for, the entirety of human existence, they didn't need to finish it in a single season. Right, right. <laughs> and, so, and move on to the action stuff. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, pretty soon, it, it, they're going to have, um, you know, secret agents, and then Tom Cruise is going to play all the characters, and <laughs> he'll, you know, chase somebody on a motorcycle on top of an airplane as it's, you know, flying into outer space, well, you know, tethered to the space shuttle, and, you know, somehow only bad people will die. I mean, but... I'm contradicting myself. The jury is still out, <laughs> but but the jury might not be out for long, right? Well, we'll we'll see. If, if the, well, Aaron Paul's in it, and yeah. he's doing some saving grace kind of stuff, I think. So yeah, and and if the middle part of the season turns out to be pretty good, then I'll I'll say you know my early worries were 
unfounded. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, not not having the season one Westworld experience mm -hmm. um, that I was hoping to have. Okay, Rach, that's a wrap. Another episode is in the can, and once again, everything has come up Charbonneau. Please visit our webpage, that's IThinkTheyreForIFan.com, all one word, to find out about upcoming episodes. If you would like to support I Think Therefore I Fan, please go to the webpage, click on the link at the top of the page that says Donate, and follow the instructions. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Finally, if you enjoy this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating. It helps. See you next time.